0: We just lead the show off here. Yeah. With Lakers in 6. Now, credit where credits due, Denny. This is the one arena even though we're not allowed in sports <laughs> arenas, this is the one arena where I expect to be commended for my picks. Hey, Always hey. my picks have gone into the ether and I've just been correct to my friends. Now I have this podcast you where I can platform. express. You got to
1: use your opinion. platform.
0: I'm literally on wax saying preseason, Lakers are going to win. We can't trust the Clippers yet. And then we playoffs. so I say, LeBron's rock hard. He's going to stick it through the bubble. And then here we go. And then two weeks ago, I say, Lakers in six, even called the games. And here I am, crowned king, the and- GOAT.
1: This was a year ago, because if you can believe it, we've been doing this show just about a year, October of last year. This was like one of our first podcasts, and honestly, okay, I got a couple, let's let's lay it out there. Welcome on into the tune-up. He's Benny Horowitz. I'm Danny Gallagher. We're getting down into this, you know, because I feel like we got to stretch this basketball talk because, quite frankly, Ugh. looking like it's not going to be until the next calendar year till we get it back. So, so the Lakers win their 17th NBA championship on Sunday night, almost said Monday night there. I don't even know what day it is anymore. That's what... (laughs) But Lakers won their 17th NBA championship, defeating the Miami Heat. LeBron James secures his fourth NBA title, fourth finals MVP. Anthony Davis collects his first... It was a return to the mountaintop, if you will, for an organization who has a quote-unquote PhD in adversity. And for as much as I've mocked uh, that over the past 24 hours about how that's going to be the buzzword you hear all, all off-season last right. year with the Toronto Raptors, it was the championship medal. This year with the Lakers, it's his PhD in adversity. But real talk, they've gone through a ton of adversity this year with the passing of Kobe Bryant and just everything that's been happening in L.A., uh, civil unrest, everything. So this, honestly, if if a city needed a championship more right now, I'm not sure, maybe Minnesota, but L.A. is quite up there with it. So very happy for that entire community. LeBron James takes himself into another conversation officially. You know, all of the talking heads like us, now Benny, you're officially a talking head, we've been pontificating about where LeBron is versus jordan where lebron is in the all-time conversation and i think the great thing about this past week when it comes to that conversation is lebron james has completely erased the other greats now it is singularly a two-horse race you know he could have thrown magic johnson in there before he has completely pushed those names to the side and quite frankly i think next year may be the most compelling year of lebron's entire career
0: yeah, I mean statistically, to be fair, I think, I think now your Mount Rushmore is cemented, right? Yeah. It's obviously LeBron and Jordan, mm-hmm. and then I think it should be Kareem and Bill Russell as the other two. Yeah. Just to be fair, to keep it in the modern age, anybody who was around before the shot clock or something like that. We just will semi-dismiss in this conversation, right. which maybe dismisses about five of those Lakers championships you were talking about. So and almost sure. all of
1: the Celtics championships. They they only have four in the modern era. I heard someone make a good
0: point today, and it's like, is George Mikan's jersey hanging at the Staples Center? Because he's the one who brought five of those championships, yeah. and no, he's not. No, he's not. I was also wondering if there's any fans, left over, like 90-year-old Lakers fans, and in minnesota who are who are wearing who were wearing the gold and sticking with it like those random guys in brooklyn who are la dodgers fans still it, it does exist there those, are some of them out there
1: those people in life have lost a hockey team to dallas and a uh, and a basketball team to los angeles and the disrespect in both of those teams keeping their names
0: it's it's unbelievable it's a tough place it's cold <laughs> but let's talk about this series a little bit. Yeah, we're going to yeah, lead so. off with this, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's. Lead off we're with it. we're let's lead off with this. It's what the Lakers want. win the title. We got to talk about it. So it was pretty clear to me in Game Six, the Heat were gassed. Yeah, you know, like like the the players, like Bam Adebayo was already hurt. He's still hurt. He's he hasn't been right since that injury. It was it was more than obvious he couldn't finish. Uh, Dragic. I mean, they were down by so much. They poured that. Pulled that poor bastard off the <laughs> no, no, to try the to play, of, you know, literally on one foot. <laughs> they were trying everything they could do, and the Lakers just looked like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. They looked like men against boys yesterday. Uh, Davis had them uh, on such unsteady footing because of his defense, which was just dynamic yeah. again. I mean, by midway through the second quarter, no one was going in the paint while he was in the game without – looking around and being scared. He, yeah. he was in everybody's head. And LeBron is made of robot parts. And I think something happened in this finals that I think we need to address, yeah. okay? Which is my argument sometimes for why LeBron could be the best and could be better than Jordan is that absolute, boring, mundane consistency that you just get used to right yeah and it happened again in this series you're watching it by game five by game six you're seeing this man past his mid-30s doing this LeBron James bully ball where the second he gets within 10 feet of the hoop you need two grown human beings in front of him to stop the train and to even contest it and turn it into a shot and if you don't have that he's going up He's creating so much contact that a foul either needs to be called one way or the other. And the thing that I think people forgot about midway through this series was what was everyone saying at the beginning of the year? How many people wrote him off? How many people had the Clippers? Now everybody's talking like this is some sort of afterthought. Of course LeBron did it. We're used to this performance. Okay, this is to be fair, that's not even done.
1: that... That was not the narrative. It was the Clippers have more pieces around their stars than the Lakers, which, to be fair, the, the the pieces that stepped up this postseason for the Lakers did not do so until we got to the bubble.
0: Sure, I agree with that. But, again, just, just in a basic thing, if right. you took it on paper, how many people... Were putting Kawhi
1: said, ahead of LeBron, absolutely. We
0: don't know what's happening. LeBron, you know, and it turns out, uh, you know, in the middle of last season, LeBron shut it down. Yeah, and maybe now we know why. Because you know, like, like it's one of those things he took shit for the whole off season. Is LeBron done? Is he this? No, he was hibernating. He's like, there's no way we're making it to the finals with this team. So by midway through last season, he's like, I'm done. I'm and shutting he- it down. I'm cooling it off. I'm playing 25 ho hum minutes a night. I don't really care if we win or lose. Let me broker a deal for a generational talent in the offseason, and let's start again. And that's the reason he bought in. We talked about this in the last episode. Bought in from game one. Bought in on defense. Bought in on Anthony Davis. It's because he just did a year with the Lakers where he knew he couldn't win. He's not trying to do that again at 36 years old, you know? So I do remember people, a lot of people talking about his age, a lot of people, like you said, talking about the roster fairly at that time. Mm. Uh, a lot of people talking about the coach. Yeah. If he can do it, if he can command the respect of these players.
1: People thought Jake out, Kidd was going to be the coach by this time. Yeah,
0: that's right. It turns out a guy from New Jersey Shore <laughs> might have enough lip and enough personal confidence to, you know, you know what it's about with guys like that. And, and this is where someone from New Jersey Shore can understand it. It's about. Benching guys like Dwight Howard. Yeah. Benching guys like JaVale McGee. Having these guys have DNPs all through the playoffs, but communicating it well enough that these guys are still ready to play when you call on them. That's the important part of these teams. It's like, you know, you can't manage the egos. You can't manage right. the world. This is Frank Vogel. Look at him. He shouldn't be going out to the clubs with these guys. You know, yeah. he should stay in the video room doing what he's doing, but the decision-making needs to be clear and those people need to respect those decisions in order to play ball. And I think he very much proved at very least that he had the respect of these players enough that they were letting him coach and that they at least very much bought into his defense and they bought into the schemes he wrote up. And then he was smart enough to just give LeBron the ball on offense. Yeah. You know, like, that's what you have to do. It's fucking LeBron James. How many times does he have to prove it? <laughs> like, he knows what to do over there. Yeah. You give him the ball. You let him manage it. He knows, you know? So I think the he made it look easy. He was, he was beating people up down there. And then as you scoffed a little bit at me in the last episode, AD is a generational defensive player. You know, like, I... I We've seen seven-footers who can handle, who can shoot. You know, he does things on offense that I've seen other seven-footers do. Right? Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki's, you, you know, player like that. Like you've seen this happen. The knock on guys like that, or Jokic, mm-hmm. is that they can't defend. Right. And they can't defend like this. And you watch Anthony Davis playing fucking center field, literally for three quarters yesterday, just roaming the middle. You know what I mean? But bouncing off guys, bouncing, on rolls play what's that
1: you want to know something with ad on defense though if he's gonna be like defensive player of the year i need more consistency i need it because even even in this finals he had one game where he took off if, if you works. want to be the best you don't do that
0: True. anyway i'm sorry Sure. i mean but you know but someone could have made that knock on a lot of the greats right. at 26 27 years old right yeah because that thing that lebron knows about when he's texting his team When it's a, you know, 2-1 series, be like, this is a must win. Because he knows what happens in series when they get 2-2. So this is where, yeah, AD took a game off. He got all flummoxed. He got in foul trouble. He didn't know how to affect the game in Mm. his normal way. So I, I, I can agree with that knock. But I think that's more a matter of age and experience and not skill and drive. So I could see that correcting itself.
1: All right. Well, so you brought up respect, Benny, and LeBron yeah. w- talked about in his post game celebration with Rachel Nichols that he wants his damn respect. Yeah. And I, and I, I heard it. I heard it. Every every time you know this guy is in a position to be celebrated, he does something like this. And this is this. I I I I've reached the center of I think what drives me crazy about LeBron James. The core. Yeah, the the very core. It's like soul searched. It's like okay, like I understand that you're going through your timeline. You're seeing how much hate you get, but the 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 ratio of what he's seeing to what actually exists is crazy. And it's and it's it's so minimal. There are way more people in this world that love LeBron James, and 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 I get it. To motivate yourself in year seventeen to be the best player in the league requires something that's a little not right. Like the reason why you and me aren't in the NBA outside of skill and ability is there is a certain mindset where you think that nothing is impossible. It's it's a little bit delusional, and it's a, a, a little bit of uh, confidence and stuff like that. He has all of that, and so I think when you're in a situation, especially when you're in a bubble away from your family and all of this stuff for all of this time, you kind of lock in and you start reading the timeline more and more. Normally, he's in he's in uh, yeah he's uh, in lockdown yeah mode. he's
0: lockdown mode and play. He, he's
1: not reading yeah. anything, and this year he was reading it all. And I mean, She's when he getting on Twitter too much exactly, and when he I mean he's getting tweeted at by the president, everything with like all the all the social unrest and. Uh, how how he led that this year. So he has done. My point is to LeBron James. You know the the golden rule in comedy is always punch up. Stop punching down at people. You're better than that. Now
0: what? So what do you think he's asking for though? Right. So well, he wants is to he, be. Is he asking for to be just deemed the greatest basketball player that's ever played? Yes. Which I, I see. You know, if anything, LeBron James. Yes, what you're saying is correct. But he's also been a very reverential character yeah. through the years. He pays homage to the people that came before him. He he gives that respect to the other players. So the thing, is he really asking for everyone to disrespect Michael Jordan enough to be like LeBron James is the greatest ever? I don't think so. I don't think that he's – I think what he's talking about is this season – getting 16 first place votes for MVP and Giannis getting like 80.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's things like that. That motivate him. Yeah. You know, if you actually take the most valuable player award and you, and you give it on its merit, what it actually means, not just statistically, you could have given LeBron James like 12 MVPs by now. Right. You could have given it to him every single year he was in the league. Yeah. So I think those are the things he's talking about with respect It's just like, and I saw it. I've been watching this guy literally intently from when he was 16 years old to now. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's many careers I've watched as intently as his.
1: Or that you've been able and, to watch that closely. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Or see it as openly. And, and, and it's true. With every step of the way, LeBron James has had a chorus of naysayers. Yeah. People that didn't think he could do it for any... I mean, I remember when he was a young player, it was, oh, he's never going to learn how to shoot yeah he's this he's locked into this kind of player and then he brings these awful awful teams to the finals mm-hmm. oh he can't finish in the finals yeah. then all of a sudden he's making the perfect pass to <laughs> wide open players oh he doesn't want the big shot and he's always had to like kind of prove over and over again it's like people have been wanting him to fail right and jordan it didn't feel that way mm, people, so yeah i think there is this like emotional aspect of lebron james like He's done everything right.
1: Yeah, everything. He
0: does everything right. The, the only thing, again, that you could really knock and put a the tarnish on his career is the decision. Yeah. And the way he presented the decision. There were mistakes there. Mm. Maybe the way he left Miami or something like that. But, but what compared to my age, other 25, people, 26? Yeah. Yeah, compared to other people in his uh, his situation who are highlighted on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Shaquille O'Neal at his fucking high school basketball <laughs> games and like stuff yeah. like that, to now, I think he just feels sometimes, he shrugs his shoulders, he's like, what else do fuck fucking people want me to do? Right, you exactly. Know? And I think that's what he means with the respect thing. I don't think he's asking to unseat Michael Jordan.
1: I truly think he... Because remember that quote from a few years ago? He's like, I've been chasing this ghost of this guy from Chicago. So he has put that out into the universe. I think when it's all said said and done, I think, yes, he wanted this championship to get himself back on track, but next year's is way more important to to him personally because if you get five championships, oh, man, then this conversation gets really interesting because the way that I kind of look at this MJ LeBron thing and kind of transitioning here is MJ is that band that was like, had a good decade. LeBron's been mm-hmm. like
0: the Rolling Stones touring for 40 That's right. years. That's right. Yeah. And he's probably gonna do the same exact thing where he's probably gonna own a team. Yeah. <laughs> in fifty, You know what I mean? Like, LeBron's not going away. Yeah. This is this is a name everyone's gonna have to get used to, like it or not, for like the next <laughs> 50 years of pop culture if we still have pop culture.
1: Yeah, right. I can see this guy being way more politically active. I mean, his more than a, than a vote campaign is, we'll, uh, we'll see how it impacts us election and stuff like that but uh last night on the radio with us our guy tim legler had a great point he's like they should call lebron james the jeweler because he's been putting rings on people's fingers for years i thought that was a great- that's a
0: fact that's a fact imagine how many people has he dragged there just dragged Literally.
1: them i mean that'd be a you know how when teams get eliminated our good friend Amino Hassan plays a Patino game, like such and such player from a team has not walked through that door. The LeBron James Patino game of people, he, I mean, like Matthew Delavidova, Alex Caruso, like, oh, like I mean, all, all on, of these guys. On, I mean, on. it's uh, Judas Elgauskas. I mean, come on. Crazy. Anyway.
0: Got to give it to Big Z. I mean, Big Z was the number two player on that team. So, <laughs> got to give him some love. Guide tried- soft hands. Guide soft hands. <laughs> <laughs> now, going into next season, okay, yeah, then. Yeah, let The Lakers, his favorites. They have the Clippers next, and then basically... No, yeah, the Clippers next, and then basically the Warriors and the Nets. Yeah. With the highest odds to win next season. The Warriors getting 13-1. to 1. I feel like I should throw a honey on that. That sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you thinking about the, for next season?
1: All right, so looking ahead to next year. Okay, this scared me last night because this would be the worst thing to happen. LeBron James on two separate occasions... Invoke the warrior strength in numbers. Why? Mm. Two more years left on the deal. Does this man end his career in the Bay at, 30, oh, at 37, there's no 38?
0: Way. Oh, there's no way. He what? can't. He can't. He can't. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what he's talking I about.
1: think. I, I think for next year, yeah, so for next year, he's locked in. But then after next season, he has a player option, I believe, for yeah, that fourth yeah. year.
0: There's a lot of interesting things that can happen in L.A. in the next year or two. I mean, does anyone, you know, like an Anthony Davis with the way that roster looks right now, is he, you know, signing six, seven year deal? No, No, no he's probably pulling the LeBron deals. He's pulling one in an option. He's going to be doing things like that. But, you know, the way that's the way LeBron does business. And he's not about to go into every GM that's ever going to have LeBron James is going to be held accountable. If you don't put a roster that can actually get to the finals, I'll tell you within five games, if these guys can ball with me or not, Yeah, you know, just the way he knew, Oh, uh, I'm not going to do this with Lonzo ball and Brandon Ingram last (laughs) year, which is not going to happen. So uh, yeah, I could see it definitely going that way. Maybe the strength of numbers though. I mean, if you're talking about turnaround is the warriors who might look a lot different, uh, you know, a couple months into next season with the the number two pick that weird Wiggins contract, you know, a lot of expendable parts. They're going to be making some splashy moves. So who knows, maybe, uh, Maybe Clay makes his way back down to L.A. or Draymond or somebody like that. What do you, maybe a Bay versus L.A. swap?
1: Well, I don't think we're gonna have a swap because I think that these two are gonna be going at it tooth and nail. But I do, I could see a situation where you have Steph Curry MVP next season with Clay Thompson as your most improved or comeback player of of the year. What I think is interesting though, and that could very well happen this off season, and they may need to move draymond and that pick but i think they could be in an interesting spot to bring in victor oladipo
0: yeah i could see that bradley beal too i think both guys are on the table
1: but the trouble that they have they they have even less cap space than the bucks to make something work i mean we saw last year like they had guys from the santa cruz g league team going back and forth because that was the only kind of money that they could have so the
0: they got plenty of money over there i'm sure they could (laughs) find some the right players in another championship
1: <laughs> but uh just before we wrap up the basketball talk for the for the season i want your boldest wildest prediction for the 2021 season
0: wildest boldest prediction for the yeah. 2021 season Lamelo ball <laughs> wins rookie of the year <laughs> and brings whatever team he's on to an eight seed so you,
1: so you're low key like the Knicks are gonna be the eighth seed. Yeah,
0: yeah. RJ Barrett, Lamelo Paul, Mitchell Robinson sneaking into the Eastern Conference eighth seed. Could happen.
1: Oh man. Well, okay. I
0: got two. Tom Thibodeau magic. Oh, That's god. what I was gonna say. This is. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm gonna. Oh, I can't believe I just put myself <laughs> on that island. Fuck. All right. old oh Knicks. It's my family history. I got oh that Knicks blood, baby.
1: <laughs> no, I think you guys are going to be just fine across the East River. My bold prediction is the Bucks somehow land Victor Oladipo. I don't know how. I don't know how. It's so, so like, a lot of different things need to happen. I don't... I don't think that they'd take a deal with, like, Eric Bledsoe because now they're going to have Malcolm Brogdon and Eric Bledsoe again. Like, Milwaukee just got rid of that problem. Yeah, exactly. And then my other bold prediction is that I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be top four in the Western Conference.
0: Wow, top four. That might might be even tougher than my (laughs) pick. All right. I love it. I love it. I mean, listen, that team is great. Fun to watch, yeah. But somehow, I mean, John Morant (laughs) will have to do otherworldly things for that to be the case next season. I'd Uh, love to see it, though.
1: Love to see it. it. Uh,
0: Ross for Prez, eight thousand dollar tip. Love Russell Westbrook.
1: Oh, oh man! Big shout,
0: big shout.
1: Every time I think of Russell Westbrook, I'm like, if Anthony Davis in the future doesn't commit more on defense, he's gonna be Russell Westbrook. Because Russell Westbrook on defense, oh my gosh. Have you seen those compilation videos of him just standing there and the guy gets I was the not backup?
0: talking about that. I was trying to talk about his beautiful altruism, leaving 8000 dollars tip to the hotel way, staff. Don't right. you go Russell Bashing? No. We'll keep
1: we'll keep no. that positive. Shout out to the NBA, though, uh giving all of their employees a thousand dollar bonus at the end of the bubble. And no, I didn't hear that. And for great. the month of November, every Friday off. Fuck
0: yeah. Good. Shout out to that. Good, so good. The NBA is, is like, I, give me another six months, and I'm going to see if I can just see if the NBA can run the U.S. government because <laughs> they seem to be the only ones who just consistently do the right thing. Well, besides for that little China snafu. Oh, did you know, though, it was an yeah. underreported little story that Game 6 was the first... First game uh, aired in China since yeah. the Daryl Morey tweet. That's a kind of gigantic step.
1: One year and one day to the day of that tweet, they got game five and they got game six. How about that? Oh, they that? got two games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they That's got a- that classic of a game five and then they got the game six.
0: So that was China pulling the NBA's pants down. They gave them one year.
1: <laughs> and so that one was day. Probably, That was That's probably crazy.
0: a real backroom discussion. <laughs> it's like nothing for one year. That's their penalty for tweeting against us. Wow. Imagine if they did something real. <laughs>
1: Halfway point of the podcast, normally we do Dallas Slice takes, but today, let's hit him with a This Day in Music History.
0: So, on this day, Bing Crosby. Yes, I said it, Bing Crosby. Famous crooner. You'll be hearing uh, sing White Christmas a thousand times in the next three (laughs) months. On this day, he threw out the first ball... A game four of the World Series between the Pirates and the Orioles. Now, it seems pretty normal that the famous crooner would do something like that. But the thing I didn't know that he was part owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And from 1946, all the way until his death in 1977. And he wasn't just like a Jay-Z face of the franchise style owner. He was hardcore. He was invested as illustrated in this story. Now, during the famed 1960 World Series between the Pirates and the Yankees, Crosby was so nervous, he didn't think he could stomach watching it, and he was worried about jinxing his team. He also didn't trust himself to stay in the country because he thought he'd turn the TV on. So in true Bing Crosby baller fashion, he flies to Paris to vacation with his wife. And hired a company to record the game. This is 1960. Wow. Using Kinescope, which was an <laughs> early relative of the DVR, mm-hmm. where you filmed it off of a television monitor. There were five reels of 16 millimeter film of this game that remained hidden in his wine cellar in his <laughs> San Francisco home until they were discovered in 2009. Wow. Now. This game, this Game 7, of course, wound up being what's dubbed the greatest game ever played, Mm. where Bill Mazeroski hit the game-ending home run to beat the Yankees 10-9, to winning the World Series. And subsequently, the only complete copy of this game is, of course, Bing Crosby's. Wow. So after 50 years of it being hidden in his wine cellar, the greatest game that was ever played was aired on MLB Network, and it was glorious. And uh, yeah, Dane Crosby. Wow. What did you know?
1: Shout out to him, man. Um, By the way, I don't know. Fun fact also tying into sports he has uh, another house in Spokane, Washington, right Mm -hmm. across from the kennel where Gonzaga basketball plays.
0: Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Thing, interconnected. Been dead a long time. He's still making a deep impact onto the modern contemporary world.
1: Him and someone we're going to talk in about in a little bit, Mariah Carey, same boat. Gonna live forever because of their Christmas songs. <laughs> but anyway, Benny, my this day in music history. On this day in 1974, TV host Ed Sullivan passed away. But did you know that he started as a writer And a columnist for the New York Daily News worked for the Associated (laughs) Press and uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer as well before TV came up. And that was the kind of people that they put on talk shows back in the day. Newsmen. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I went to college for journalism like way too late in the game. I missed the boat. The ship (laughs) has sailed. As I'm reading up about Ed Sullivan, right, I found this. Great story uh, that involves Paul McCartney. So in 1990, Paul McCartney recalled at a press conference that he met Ed Sullivan again in the early 1970s after their appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show a couple years earlier. And Ed Sullivan famously forgot everybody, met some of the biggest stars in the world, had Bo Diddley on the show, and Mick Jagger, all the people. Um, and he did not remember who Paul McCartney was. He tried to remind him who he was, and it wasn't r- ringing a bell. Turns out he had dementia, so that's not that, that kind of rains on on the parade a, a little bit. But Ed Sullivan, TV icon, passed away, and we're still celebrating him this day in 1973. All right, Benny. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the newest band across our radar, and that's Guardrail from Chicago. Their new EP, Yikes, is out now on Open Your Ears Records. They've got catchy melodies and witty hooks. Guardrail brings their own style of diet punk right to your stereo. They're not quite bad religion, but they're also not some 41. Here's a clip of their new single, Till We're Dead. And I've been playing that one on my fall playlist. Whether you're going to a cidery, pumpkin picking, it is the perfect song for that long drive. If you like what you hear, you can go on over to O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot That's O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot com to pick up your copy. Guardrail, get the vinyl. Support hard copy music. Let's get this. Guardrail, yikes, out to date on Open Your Ears Records. Go grab it. All right, Benny. So there's a couple trends happening, and you know we we're quite the uh, we're not trendsetters, but we like like to talk about the trends.
0: Give me that corporate money.
1: <laughs> well, today today we're gonna pander to McDonald's and any other brand that wants <laughs> to do a collaboration with the podcast <laughs> over here. But Travis Scott, McDonald's were in the news because they put together a kind of like a Travis Scott deal at McDonald's. I think it's like $6 for like two cheeseburgers and some McNuggets or something like that. I don't know. This isn't an ad. I'm just spitballing here. It's probably in the neighborhood. But uh, now artist J Balvin is involved and
0: McDonald's. has got an Oreo McFlurry yeah, on his.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And... McDonald's saw a five percent raise in uh, reported earnings in July when August and September when they started this. so that's all nice, you know all of these guys are lying in their pockets, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Benny, what is your dream collab? what restaurant, what clothing brand? who yeah. look right into the camera. who do you want to pander to today?
0: All right like, <laughs> all right so listen first off we should we should establish that. Travis Scott wasn't, it wasn't just like the Travis Scott package. He was, he was offering it with exclusive merchandise. And I think that's the thing that's going to be like driving this whole event is like people who want whatever exclusive cool merch that Travis has at McDonald's, they might even throw away the food. My
1: apologies for oversimplifying that. No, no. I got excited.
0: It's it's really (laughs) interesting though. And I'm like, wonder how much these guys are getting paid uh i mean you know at first when i see something like this you know the punk rock side of me comes out where i'm like yo you're an artist like what the fuck are you doing like you know this is like some like literally hey listen to my music with some french fries it's like it feels so cheap but these guys are pop stars it just doesn't matter like they're they're corporately lined whether they like it or not every single time they play a stadium They're paying fucking Michelob and Red Bull and all these things, whether they like it or not, because they're all part of these (laughs) deals. And it's like kind of once you're in the system, like somebody like Travis Scott, like, fuck it. You should probably try to just maximize all your dollars you can. But it's kind of funny you brought this up because this was a big thing for me. Now, I was always the guy in like Gaslight land where anything like industry or corporate came up. I was like, oh, I don't know. the big scary you know like like i don't want to fuck with that like i don't like it and the one thing that came up at a point was we were offered to do something for levi's Mm. and it was where i was like you know what we all wear it (laughs) we all buy it like we go to the store and we buy levi's we all wear them this is the first time where i'm like you know what it would kind of be like morally weird even if i said no i'm like i support them anyway i actually like this product so I've tried to use that logic in my corporate sponsorship ties in <laughs> through the years. Yeah. And I haven't had many as a result. <laughs> but I've thought about this when you pose the question. Now, there are a lot more than I thought that I would <laughs> gladly endorse, okay? I've been given Taco Bell bucks twice with a couple different bands. I love Taco Bell. I know that they're a corporate giant monster owned by PepsiCo, whatever. I love the food. I eat it all the time. I'd say the Benny special. You eat it all the
1: time, dude? No, no, okay. no. Wait.
0: <laughs> good thing my wife doesn't listen to the tune up. <laughs> I'll treat myself every once in a while, especially if I'm on tour. You know, the thing is like, that's a good, you're, uh... <laughs> you're on the road for a couple days and you've had nothing but like bagged peanuts, yeah. you know, and then just some bullshit like at, a, at rest areas. Yeah. You'll take any hot food. Yeah that's available to you and as a vegetarian yeah the only hot food i can find on the road is like just a big pile of refried beans from taco bell oh, you know man. so i would say you give the Benny special which would be two cheesy gordita crunches sub beef add beans maybe uh maybe some churros some cinnamon sticks, I don't know, and bottle of water. That's what I drink. It'll be the Benny special to give them a sticker or something. So I'd have to do Taco Bell. I love True Value Hardware. That's my hardware store. I would do it for True Value. For, for clothes, I would do it for Levi's. I do it for Vans. I would do it for Carhartt. These are the ones that I gladly buy their stuff. Carhartt, I don't wear the jackets and stuff. But fuck, if they don't make a great long sock, <laughs> you know, and a great undershirt, nice tough stuff. Now, uh, there'd be a number of single malt scotch companies mm-hmm. I would endorse. I would take a Laphroaig, a McAllen with any of these. I think I'd have to wear like a...
1: Maybe even a Corgi Spirits right here in Jersey City.
0: I mean, I, I got to start slow, right? <laughs> but I, I already, I would do like an ad like uh, Bill Murray and Lost in Translation, like the Suntory ads wear like a leather smoking jacket, maybe an ascot and try to play it real classy. Uh, what about boar's head cheeses? Not the meats. Mm-mm. I'll be the cheese man and we'll start a new ad campaign, uh, extolling the benefits of cheese subs instead of meat. Do like a meatless Fridays with Benny's cheese sub. They make a great cheddar boar's head. Uh, what about, fisker's outdoor pruning products i quite like their shears somebody's moved to the country very sharp very dependable Uh, a couple mock meat companies i'd get into maybe beyond Meat if they were into it maybe morningstar field roast i eat a lot of that um so yeah it turns out at this stage in the game denny i would be a corporate slut there's a lot of things (laughs) that i endorse i mean i'm on a I'm literally on an Apple product right now, and when I turn it off, I'm probably going to turn on another Apple product. <laughs> I mean, in reality, we're all endorsing Apple way more than we should be. Yeah, that's a they are tracking your movements, Denny.
1: That's fine.
0: So, yeah, so I'm a corporate slut. What, what, if these ideas I just presented to you, what do you think is the best uh, fit synergy-wise in the business world?
1: I mean, yes, Vans is a great start, right? But honestly, if... I think we need two things for the tune-up, right? And this... Okay. I want to show my age here. We need a tune-up shoe. I don't care who makes it. Okay. And we need some sort of tune-up liquor or beer. I think a nice... Get
0: tuned up with the tune-up. The
1: tune-up, maybe Departed Souls.
0: All right.
1: But... uh. No, imagine like imagine how cool it would be to have like your own shoe
0: of some. I know kind. who to call already. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I already I already shot at his boy on this episode. Big baller brand. Uh... Give me a call. <laughs> Give me a call, Lamar. I know you got nothing going on. Get tuned up with the tuna. <laughs> Tune no? up
1: tuna. Coming to a grocery store near you. Can't wait.
0: Danny, if I could imagine a face, a face that represents Big Baller brand, it's you. I'm looking at it right now.
1: <laughs> is that because everything I wear is mass-produced in China and and, and synthetic as fuck?
0: It's just, it's just it's the perfect oh, fit. That's it's upsetting. upsetting. Thing.
1: Hey, man, I watch that Facebook series. That's a trash product. <laughs> I would never... I would never wear triple Stop. Bs. I would Stop never wear triple out. Bs. Hey,
0: beggars can't be choosers. Come on, man. <laughs> Adidas isn't calling. We got to go for Big Baller Brand.
1: And then finally tonight, Benny, boy, we're going to get weird for a second. Got Apparently, it. once upon a time, you know, we all knew Derek Jeter as one of the great stick men of professional baseball, New York <laughs> <Go> City. <on. laughs> you know, just taking great at bats day after day, night after night, but apparently... Rounding the bases.
0: (laughs) All (laughs) the time. Playing the infield, rounding the bases. You got any more? No, I'm good.
1: I'm good. I got it all, all out of my system. But apparently, once upon a time, him and Mariah Carey were quite the item. In Mariah Carey's new memoir, she goes into almost explicit detail about the encounter. Mm. She describes it as the two at first shared a warm, slow, intoxicating kiss on Jeter's roof, which inspired her song, The Roof. Things progressed, but here's how she remembers it. Everything was so new and sweet and down to the smooth texture of his honey-dipped skin. (laughs) Are you aroused yet? It was, <laughs> it was how it was supposed to feel. Carrie called the experience so sensual, and admitted he was only the second guy she's ever been with. DJ yes. was a love in my life, but not of my life.
0: Wow! Wow! Two. So wait! Consum- oh my God! <laughs> that also means that her first. Was that creepy fucking label owner that was her first husband? <laughs> oh, that makes that even worse. Oh, well, at least hey. get that image out of my head. So we all know about Jeter's mo, right? Yeah. Where you went in, you signed an NDA, and you left with a gift basket. You know that was the classic Jeter joke. But have you seen him play defense? Of course, he's soft yet firm. He's a wonderful athlete with excellent body control and a chiseled face. But he also has always had a desire to please. And he's a giver. He wants everyone around him to care. That goes a long way. He's literally, if if I could create a weird science, perfect lover. It could be Derek Jeter. And now it's been confirmed by Mariah Carey, one of the most luscious women on earth.
1: There's a reason why he waited so long to put a ring on someone's fingers. He acquired his own rings. He had his core four. And now, you know, I've, I have I run out of sexual innuendos for this luscious love. You that got that need
0: the- Tandy to send us <laughs> off here because oh. oh. that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, if the mantle of Derek Jeter couldn't be raised any higher, just keeps going up and up. Now the Marlins are in the playoffs. And his honey dip skin is sweet in the sack. And Derek Jeter yes. is the goat. The goat. And <laughs> he's from Jersey. Come on.
1: Oh man. Well, if you want to get in touch with this very central program, you can call us up at 888. No, just kidding. Uh, you can email us at the Podcast no. at gmail.com. We're gonna get some weird spam this week. I just have a make it <laughs> happen. <laughs> You want to follow the big man. You want to get in touch. You want to get in touch from top to bottom. He is at Benny Horowitz 1. This is so
0: sweet. Mm.
1: Number one in your mind. Number one in your heart. Number one on Twitter. I am at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, what else do you want to pontificate upon the people?
0: Rub you in hot oils, baby. Mm. Have a good week. Rest in peace, Joe Morgan.
1: You've been listening to The Tune Up. Thank you so much for checking out the tune-up this week. If you want to support our show, support the people that support us. Let's hear one more time for the new Guardrail EP, Yikes, on Open Your Ears Records. They've got catchy melodies and witty hooks. Guardrail brings their own style of diet punk right to your stereo. They're not quite bad religion, but they're also not Sum 41. Here's a clip of their new single, Till We're Dead. And I've been playing that one on my fall playlist. Whether you're going to a cidery, pumpkin picking, it is the perfect song for that long drive. If you like what you hear, you can go on over to O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot That's O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot com to pick up your copy. Guardrail, get the vinyl. Support hard copy music. Let's get this. Guardrail, yikes, out today on Open Your Ears Records. Go grab it.